This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves to fire that. What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! <laughs> It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Dury. I am your host, covering everything sport, international and local. Hope you're having a blessed day wherever you're tuned in around the world, whether it's 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Sharjah Broadcasting Authority, even you're chilling at home, watching us live on YouTube, and of course, all the lovely people on Instagram as well, who are supporting our next guest, because I do have on the show, Michael Andrews going to be on the show. You might know him as Dive with Mikey, and the episode is called Dive with Mikey on the halftime show. So if you do miss the show, don't kick yourselves. Head over to our YouTube channel, Pulse 95 Radio, and you will find out a lot more about the episode and him. Originally from South Africa, Michael had lived in many countries across the globe. His story is very inspirational and actually very, very motivating as well. He moved back to the UAE eight years ago and then in a path psychology in the UAE and about two and a half years ago experienced headaches and spouts of anxiety. November 2021, he's been taken out of the university by an ambulance and later on finding out he has a tumor in his head that has to be removed. If you want to know more about that, I guess you're going to have to listen to the rest of the show because I have him here on the show, on the halftime show, in the heart of Sharjah on Pulse 95 Radio. Don't go anywhere, folks. We're going to have some crazy music and a fantastic guest on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves to fire that What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! <laughs> Sure is that time. And the vibe is right here in Pulse 95 Radio in the Heart Sharjah with your boy Omar Alduri. And we are talking with a fantastic, fantastic guest today. Um, let me welcome him to the show. Michael, welcome to the show, man. And what's up? Thank you so much for having me on board. Hey, my pleasure. Listen, do you know how many people sent me a message with this? You, you don't know what you're getting yourself into, Omar. This is going to be great. And honestly, I, I, there's two of them. I don't... I don't I've never met them before, obviously, you coming on the show. But as soon as I announced you were coming on, they were saying, hey, listen, buckle up for this one. So no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Okay. Um, Mikey, when did you move to the, um, when did you move out here to the UAE? So I've actually lived here in two sections. Uh, the mm-hmm. first one was uh, when I was, how old was I? I think I was 11. Mm-hmm. I moved directly from South Africa with my parents. Okay. Uh, my parents actually worked for the Alpha Team organization. Okay, okay. And my fa- they were both in logistics. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I spent five years when I was younger. I went to Cambridge High School. Okay. Which is in Garhut. Yeah, my cousin went yeah, to that. Back then it was... <laughs> 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 I didn't get the best education, but if I would ever, yeah. if I was ever to choose another school to study at, yeah. I would choose the same school because I learned so much about people. Interesting. And it okay. was, it was very... It's very diverse. It was, there were a lot of gang orientated right. people <laughs> but I love it no no I, yeah. I literally all of the valuable lessons not all but a lot of valuable lessons that I have in life come mm-hmm. from being in that school and it's interesting that you say valuable lessons in life because your life's been pretty extraordinary 
Uh, I mean, uh, don't be modest now. <laughs> I, I've been lucky enough to travel the world. Okay. Um, but I've never traveled. Well, it's always been difficult. Yeah. But it's been a challenge because every country, every new country I stepped into, I didn't know anything about it. Mm. And mm. the whole purpose of traveling was to open my eyes and to to learn more. Yeah. And I didn't want to do it from books. I wanted to do it from my own. Interesting, eyes. interesting. And and through all these things, and I'm sure the listeners want to know more about mm-hmm. this. With all these things that you've done and all these different occupations that you've had, w- where do you classify yourself? Like when someone asks you the question you ask me out there, what do you do? Where do I <laughs> classify myself? Um, th- th- that's it. That is a really good question because I am trying to find myself. Okay. And there are two things that I I, I love about people. One is human behavior, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And one is the language of the brain, which is psychology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think if you can, not necessarily understand people, but mm-hmm. the, the more you learn, the more you learn about human behavior yeah. or the way the mind works the more you are able to understand yourself and underst- understand other things that are going on in the world. Mm. One of the things that I spend a lot of time doing is actually studying uh, animal behavior. Okay. And that in some way helps me to understand humans a little bit more. Yeah. What are the similarities? So, for example, I, <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but I tell everybody, if you're ever to pick me, put me next to an animal, put me next to a dog because I have all the same characteristics as a dog. Okay, okay. Dogs are loyal to the bone. Mm-hmm. Um, they're extre- extremely humble. They're, they're very passionate, mm-hmm. uh, empathetic. Mm. And I try to always relate myself or put myself in the same scenario or, or act in the same way the same way that a dog would act in certain scenarios. Mm. Um, and I think I've learned a lot of lessons in life actually from seeing dogs or spending a lot of time with dogs. Mm-hmm. But they, animals are also very susceptible to our behavior yes. through fear, through happiness, yes. through excitement. Through anxiety. Through anxiety. Yes. Do they respond to you differently because you have that sense of empathy? That's a very good question. So actually, I spend a lot of my time in Russell Khaimah at an mm-hmm. animal rescue center there. Okay. And the main reason I do it is just to show the dogs that I'm there to, to give my time to them. Mm-hmm. So with each different dog that comes out, I think a dog will always react differently to to the type of energy that you're projecting. Yeah. So what I try to do with any dog is I go into the cages and I just sit there. Mm-hmm. And I give the dog a few minutes to try work me out, try work out what, the reason that I'm there. And after a while, the dog begins to realize, oh, this guy's just here to sit in here with me. Mm-hmm. And I see a different side to the dog. He's not trying to be protective. Um, because a lot of the dogs that do end up in the centers, obviously, have, they, they've had a bit of a rough a rough. Yeah. Point. Um, and I just want to show them that, like, hey, look, sometimes a human just wants to sit with you. Mm, very interesting. Mm. Your name on Instagram, yeah. I'm, I'm plugging you right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's cool, man. Ask <laughs> is, any question uh, you want. Is Dive with Mikey. Yes. Why Dive with Mikey? So, I actually started diving in 1999. Okay. Um, my first dive was in Corfacan on the East Coast. Nice. And actually, the best dive of my life is from a place there called Martini Rock. Okay. Um, but that, that was... Back in 1999, it was mm-hmm. untouched area and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And diving is something that has allowed me to travel and work around the world. Mm-hmm. And most recently, um, I kind of decided, you know what, I want to follow what I used to love because I'm still studying at at, um, at university. Okay. I was like, how can I be happy in my work, but then also study at university and I have a flexible timing? Yeah. I was like, 
Dive with Mikey, let's go. Mm, I like so it. I changed my Instagram name to Dive with Mikey, and then, <laughs> then yeah, everything started moving forward until my my lovely adventure. Okay, and uh, we're gonna find out about that lovely adventure straight after the break. Great segue, by the way. You've done this before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you got good questions. <laughs> we're gonna be right back after this. We're gonna play one of my favorite tracks as well. Love one TT as well, and this is a remix. Shout out to Sam as well in the background who's doing the thing on the music. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere, folks. See you in a bit. Is the halftime show with Omar Adouri? Oh, he loves the pilot. What a goal! This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! Sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host covering everything sport, international and local. If you're just tuning in, hey, listen, this is going to be a good one. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, buckle up for this because on the hour, we've got Michael Andrew on the show, otherwise known as Dive with Mikey. So let's dive straight into it. Mikey, talk to me about just before the segment finished, you dropped that cliffhanger and said the adventure. Yeah. Talk to me about the adventure. <laughs> talk to me about the adventure. So what happened? Uh, so 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 just to yeah to go to go directly to it. I was giving um, actual actually a talk in university mm-hmm. on the benefits of animal assisted therapy mm-hmm. and how it can um, add value to therapists who who are treating patients. Yeah. And I was standing there and I was like, I don't feel too good. And I said to my professor, Professor, can I sit down? <laughs> I don't want to answer any more questions. Mm. And he said no. Uh, but he, he's a great professor. He's actually he's like my granddad. And um, the next thing I knew, I, I woke up. There was an ambulance there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, then I was on the way to the hospital. Um, I, all I remember are people walking around me when I, I kept waking up and blacking out. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up in hospital. Uh, then I woke up. And they'd taken a couple of scans on my brain. Mm-hmm. And um, no one was specifically telling me what was going on. And I was like, okay, so luckily my friend Yusuf came along and he was like, what's going on? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I like, but everyone does, everyone's looking at me in a strange way. And um, anyways, long story short, they came back literally two minutes later and said, you have a brain tumor. And I was like, what? And what I would say is that nothing in your life will ever prepare you for hearing the words you have a brain tumor Mm. because it was everything just stood still and then they showed me this picture and I had this big white circle in my brain and that was the tumor and everything just started to go slow Mm. as I started to process it yeah and and again like you said nothing will prepare you for that were there any signs were any any kind of hints or anything that had led you to then go that makes sense that's why I feel that because for those people that are in the same situation or something similar to that is there anything to look out for at that stage? Yeah so I would say before they told me that mm. I had no idea I had a tumour mm-hmm. um, for the past two and a half years I've, st- I've had a lot of headaches um, because I have quite a hectic life um, I do a lot of work so I just always put the headaches down to stress mm. um, and then I do remember about two years ago two and a half years ago I had to go to the hospital to just be to talk to the psychiatrist there because I started to feel anxious all the time. Mm. But I realized that the feeling of anxiety was in my body. It wasn't so much in my brain. Okay. 
what I what I was trying to or what I was sharing with the psychiatrist is that um, I feel like there's something in my brain that's um, forcing part of my brain to pump out this negative energy around my body gotcha. and it was like that every day and I was like that's not right mm. um, so then they gave me medication and when they gave me medication I was like I didn't feel embarrassed that I was um, I had to take medication for anxiety because what I was actually trying to do is make myself stronger and yeah. being at the psychiatrist yeah. was making me stronger mm. and I was like okay well this is working um, and then I stopped the medication because I actually I didn't it's not something that I wanted to to do yeah I, it was more that I wanted to improve my health mm. so when I felt that I was getting better I thought okay maybe I can stop and then just one day that, that, that I had a seizure and I'd had seizures before but I they always put it down to um, they put it down to panic attacks well, can I ask you sorry about this psychiatrist it takes a lot to, to go see someone I think they, like we mentioned this off air yes. there's a taboo about it yeah. but that strength of character to be able to go and approach something was that did that come from you or did that come from like uh, someone close or or did you feel like uh, you, you knew enough about it to go see someone? Um, I knew enough about myself that I knew something wasn't right. Okay. And I've never been... I remember when I was a child, whenever I had to go to the doctors, my mother had to literally drag me there because I was like, I don't need to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my leg will grow back. <laughs> um, but for this, I know nothing about the brain mm. um, in terms of physiology. So, uh, so I was like, I think it's better to go to see the professionals yeah. to see what they say. And even though I was studying psychology, I guess even in the, the short while I'd been in, um, involved in psychology, it taught me enough that I, I, should, go to the, I should go to the hospital. Yeah. And um, I like the word that you use, taboo. It's actually, um, when I was going there, at no point did I feel that I should feel um, that I shouldn't be going there. I shouldn't feel embarrassed because right. what I was actually trying to do is make myself better by sharing a very deep story with someone I didn't know. Yeah. And I felt, in some way, I find that kind of felt brave yeah. because it's not something you do every day. Absolutely. Is it, is it easier or harder to share with someone that won't judge you, that is, isn't in your circle? When it comes to health professionals, I think it's easier to share stories mm. than sometimes even with people who are in your circle. Yeah. Because you know what the health professional is there to do. Mm. And you're not. Uh, what I knew from myself is I wasn't the only person coming to this health professional. Yeah. So I felt comfortable. Yeah. And at, in some way, I wanted to first understand what was going on in my body before I started to tell the people around me. Mm. Um, because once people around me knew that I had a tumor, people started like they're, acting they're, different yeah, yeah. They're not acting different they were freaking out yeah. um, like for example my mother uh, God bless her when she found out her world was almost turned upside down because my uncle went through the same thing mm. through the exact same thing That's and tough. after the operation many many years ago this is 20-25 years ago unfortunately he never made it out mm. so when my when my mother found out that her eldest son was going through this yeah. there was a lot of emotion involved yeah. and at some point I even had to push everyone back because mm. there was too much stuff coming in and I was trying to process it all yeah. as well as keeping myself calm because I hadn't been in surgery yet Yeah. And, and, and you said something earlier you said that you realized it wasn't in the brain it was coming from the body yes what do you do to kind of uh, train your mental fitness so that it doesn't affect the brain 
Well, well this is it. Um, w- w- from the anxiety point of view, the anxiety wasn't coming from me feeling anxious. Mm. What I, was, what I um, shared with the doctors is that I feel like there is something in my brain that's producing a chemical mm. that's causing, the, causing my body to feel anxious. Yeah. If I think about it, I don't feel anxious. But if I share to you how my body's feeling, it's the same symptoms that someone who is anxious all the time feels. Interesting. Um, yeah, and then once I found out where the tumor was, I actually found out that it was a supercellar tumor that was um, pushing against my uh, pituitary gland, which okay. is the gland that pretty much controls all the chemicals, all the emotions in your body. Mm, that's so fascinating. Yeah, so when I actually told the um, the person who was going to operate on me, he yeah. was like, oh yeah, that all makes sense. And I was like, oh, if only I had come to you yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Um, but either way, I'm, I'm still really happy uh, uh, in, towards the process that was involved before getting there yeah. because I learned so much even though it was hard yeah it, it's the journey that and I, again we've obviously just met now I've obviously spoken a little bit beforehand but the journey that you go on the endurance the mental endurance that you've been through yeah. a lot of people would have broke down a long time ago but your calmness seems to be something that is very evident and very infectious does gut health have an influence on the brain being that it's the second brain so to speak from people does health have an in uh, uh, gut health so the oh, w- gut health yes every single part of your body has a has an effect on it okay um when i was b- b- before the whole adventure or the, the operation yeah um there were days when um for example, my stomach was feeling bad, and that would affect how I, how mentally strong I was that day. Mm. So I would have to try um, to get past that. Yeah. There were days when my muscles were sore. So again, that would f- affect my mental health. So there is no brain without a body, and there's no body without a brain. Mm. So what I always try to do, um, while I had to take the medication for the anxiety, yeah. is I always just try to keep calm. Mm. And if I if my mind wasn't strong enough to keep calm, I'd go and find physical ways to keep calm, such as doing boxing. Boxing nice. is actually one of the things that helped me with um, with my panic panic attacks when I was younger. Amazing. I started boxing and they stopped like that. There you um, go. Okay. Then I would go on walks. I would go running. I would go to the gym because sometimes you, if you've had a heavy day at work, it's mm. your mind that's tired. It's not your body. Correct. And I always had to find that balance. Have you always been an athlete? I wouldn't say I've, I've always I'm from South Africa so I grew up playing sports mm. um, I mean my mother was the assistant manager of my football club so whenever the team had to run once around the pitch after training I always had to run twice <laughs> <laughs> so everyone was like oh it's so easy your mum's the coach I was like no it's not man <laughs> imagine trying to sit at home watch yeah. TV and your mother's like you have a game tomorrow shouldn't you be doing something wow <laughs> so, okay no, but I, I really appreciate all those things that happened yeah, to me because yeah. it just allowed me to almost get past what happened to me over the past few months. Yeah, amazing, amazing. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I almost forgot we were on radio. Uh, shout out to Benoit as well, who uh, who connected the dots. Yeah. Really appreciate you, bro. And uh, and Mikey, we're gonna be right back after the break. We we'll keep the amazing music going on, coming through. Summer Walker, yeah, Sam, Summer. No, okay. We'll be right back after this. See you in a bit. This is the halftime show. Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the fire that was a goal. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than 
that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, covering everything sport, international, local. And yes, Florin, all the way from New York. It is fascinating stuff. I promised you it was going to be a good show. And Hamda, what the hell are you doing coming this late? <laughs> Thought I'd bust you on radio. Nina, what's going on? Hope you're well as well. We've got UK in the building. We've got so many people from all around the world. Very, very blessed to have you guys spend the hour with me and dive with Mikey. Michael Andrews here with me on the show today. Uh, Michael, great to have you on the show, man. You've, uh, you've, you've definitely kept people on the edge of their seats talking about the adventure talking about being out in the uae talking about psychology talking about animals talking about uh, you know um how your brain and how your body the title man you killed me with that title <laughs> that was that was great um but let's take it back a little bit the, you know the operation um the surgery uh, you know for people that have never had that before never had surgery never faced that kind of position um, what goes through your mind? How do you handle it? How do you deal with it? Talk to me about that kind of process. Well, I'll, I'll just I'll start off by saying that I didn't think I was going to make it out of this. Mm-hmm. So going into the, um, let's say going waking up, going into the operation room. Yeah. In my mind, when I was checking into um, the hospital, I was checking into Emirates. I was checking into, I was going on a, on a flight somewhere mm-hmm. and I was singing... Um, I'm going on a jet plane. I don't know if I'll be back again. Okay. I, I was I was at peace with myself. Yeah. I was ready for what was going to happen. Um, and I remember going into the operating theater. I still don't know why they call it an operating theater, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I remember saying to the doctors, guys, thank you so much for bringing me this far. Um, whatever happens today, no regrets. I, I'm I'm grateful and blessed for everything that's happened to me in life. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I was trying to do really is keep myself calm. Mm because everyone um, before it was um, they were all trying to give me um, positive words and keep me encouraged but I just needed a clear mind Mm. so when I sat on that operation table I wasn't thinking of anything I was just I introduced I said hi to everybody Um, and then I got the uh, anesthesia and I woke up eight hours later and I woke up thinking I made it Mm. and then Mm. a split second later it felt like some kind of thing had gone off in my head and it was the most excruciating pain I've ever felt in my life. But in that moment, um, I told my friend Khalifa, or I asked my friend Khalifa, when I wake up, um, because what I was trying to do is always be on the funny side of it. Mm. I said, when I wake up, no matter what I say, what I do, I want you to film me on your phone. Oh, and so you actually told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, I want you to ask me the most ridiculous <laughs> questions because I wanted to step into that positive environment. Right, right, and yeah. he did. Okay. And I did. I did get mad at him. <laughs> okay. Do you still have this footage? Uh, I do, yeah, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. we've got to check and that out. Okay. It's funny because he asked me, do you know what your name is? I was like, I don't know my name. And then he's like, do you know my name? I was like, yeah, Khalifa. Because when he asked me my name, I couldn't photograph it. I didn't have a photo of myself in my head. Okay, okay, um, interesting. And, and but my you knew recall his system, name. sorry? But you knew his name. Yeah, yeah, because I knew his face. Because you could see him. Okay, yeah, okay, he's okay. Khalifa. Like, I would never know another person as Khalifa. So. Yeah. Um, and then I was asking the, the, uh, the lady or the nurse for medicine. I was like, lady, please, I'm in pain. And then, yeah, the doctor came in. I got some medicine that helped to take away the pain. And then it was just waking up and letting my body wake up. And Mm. I was trying to stand up because I come from a sporting background. If you fall down, you get back up, right? Yeah. And the lady or the nurse was like, no, no, sit down. I was like, no, no, I'm fine. Mm. And they're like, Michael, please just sit down because you just let your body and mind connect. And I said, okay. Um, so yeah, that was the first sort of hour or two after the operation. Mm. You, you said the body and mind connect. 
how important is it to connect your body and mind? From this operation, there is no way that I would have got through this without the strength of the body and the focus of my mind. Mm. Um, because when I woke up, it was my brain saying something's wrong, I'm in so much pain. And then my body saying, it's fine, we've been in pain before, we can get through this. Mm. And then once my body was saying, oh, I'm too tired, I can't stand up, it was my mind saying, you can do this, you've done this before. Mm. So it was literally a conversation between them without me being involved, trying to encourage each other. And I don't know, I'm using that sort of terminology, but it was my brain encouraging my body to stand up and um, my body telling my brain that I could keep going. Mm. So yeah, w with, without having a strong mind and a strong body, it would have been quite difficult to get through it. Are there levels to muscle memory? Because a lot of the things you've mentioned is coming down to you being an athlete, coming down to your genetics, your, your mom, your, your, your family, the way that you grew up. Is it down to muscle memory? I would say 100% yes. Mm -hmm. But it's not just about being an athlete. It's, if, if you're physically active, yeah. if you go walking or cycling every day, yeah. um, I think using the word athlete assumes that everyone is like at a really high level. I'm mm. not at a high level. I just like to play sports a lot. Um, at one point, there was a doctor, no, the, the physiotherapist, he came into the, into the room and they had to do a uh, physical examination on me. Mm. And he said, okay, I want you to lift one leg up. I was lying in the bed and I lifted my left leg up. He said, whoa, I said, what? <laughs> he said, no, no, nothing. He said, I want you to lift your arm up. And I lifted my arm up. He okay. said, whoa, I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? And he's like, no, no, usually like, you, there, there's some sort of things that are gonna inhibit you to, to, to lift your leg up or yeah. your arm up. I was like, hang on a second. No one told me this. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I think, having the knowledge about my body knowing what my body can do helped me to answer the the, the movement or the questions of mm. the physiotherapist because i kind of understood what he was asking mm. usually i mean to lift up an arm is quite easy to lift up a leg is easy but to understand why he was asking me allowed me to put that that sort of thought into action or the motion into mm. action it's, it's, it's so interesting hearing you say that you know when you're when you're talking about these things and i'm thinking about all the people that are facing their own challenges, getting back on the road to recovery, what advice would you give them? The more you, the more you know about yourself and the more you learn about what you're going through, mm -hmm. not necessarily to scare yourself. People were telling me, you stop looking at videos of the operations and stuff like that. I wasn't trying to scare myself. I was trying to understand what I'm about to go through. So if at any point, I felt that I was a little bit off balance. I had research that was gonna help me to say, Michael, it's totally normal that you're going through this. Mm. I, I, I don't want to say that going through this has been easy. It's been 50% easy because my body has been there, mm. but there is still a dark side of this, which comes at night where my mind takes over. Yeah. And because I, I already I'm involved in sort of sports or being active, yeah. um, the day side of it is easy. Pretty much when I got home from the hospital, I was already trying to go outside and walk, even though the doctor said stay at home because I live alone. I was like, yeah, but I know walking is going to help me clear my mind. And right now that's what I need. Mm. Um, but when the nighttime came in the first few weeks, that was that was challenging because there's nothing you can do. You, you know, when you have a cramp in your leg, yeah, you stretch out your leg, right? Yeah. When you have a cramp in your brain, there's nothing you can do. 
except for me it was walking but at night I couldn't go out and walk mm. so I had to, I had to get through this step by step um, so, I mean even now when I go when I'm trying to go to sleep at night yeah. my mind is my body is resting so my mind becomes more active and it feels like there are <laughs> the best way to explain it it feels like there are ants walking around my my brain mm. but it's because my brain's still recovering yeah and so because I'm not using my body at night my but my mind becomes a lot more aware of what's going on and I have to look I have to see the funny side of it you know I wake up in the morning and I laugh at the way my face is at the moment because half of my face is still I like to use the word paralyzed <laughs> my doctor doesn't he likes to use word, the word it just doesn't work just yet <laughs> mm. um, but I, I have to laugh at myself which sort of makes getting through the mental side of it a lot easier fascinating Okay, I have a question for you, but I want to wait till we get after yeah, a break. Sorry if I took. No, no. Hey, listen, <laughs> don't, don't be sorry. Um, um, we're going to take a quick break, play some Afro uh, B and T Pain, and we'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere, folks. We got one more segment. Don't go anywhere. This is the halftime show with Umar Aduri on Oh, he loves the pilot. and what a goal! This is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! <laughs> It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show. And if you're joining us, uh, don't worry. Catch all of our episodes on podcasts, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Or if you prefer a visual, head over to our YouTube channel and check out Pulse95 Radio. We've got fantastic guests like my man here, Michael Andrew, a.k.a. Dive with Mikey, who you can catch the whole episode in your living room, man. It don't get better than that. Um, before we uh, head to the Adam prayer, Mike, I wanted to ask you something. You said something actually that got me got me thinking. We said you mentioned if you have cramp, you know, you could just stretch it out. If you want to train physically, you go to the gym. But what if you want to train mentally? Where do you go? So actually, one, one, one trick I use to focus on things as an example mm -hmm. is um, I read a book a few years ago called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Mm -hmm. And, one of, the, uh, and uh, one of the things he talks about is try to picture a rose in your, in your brain, mm -hmm. in your mind, and try to see how long you can focus on it and try to do that every single day. Because my, I'm actually quite bad at focusing because I always have a million things in my brain. And funny enough, because of what's happened recently, I, I don't, I'm not able to have a million things in my brain anymore. Mm. Uh, so it's actually, um, so yeah, I, I use the rose, the rose idea. I also, uh, for memory, for example, I, I play, I don't play cards, but I put cards on the table and I try to flip them over and try to remember where the cards are. Okay. Uh, I started with four cards when I first do it and now I'm towards half a pack. So I'll pick nice. up a card and I'll be able to figure them out a lot more quicker. Mm, that's better than most. Um, 30 seconds, Mikey, how do you reset? I stand up and I walk away from the environment I'm in. Nice. That's it. I literally just stand up and walk away. So if I feel that, oh, I'm scared or oh, um, something's going to happen, I just know, okay, I, if I put myself in a different environment and still feel the same way, then I have to figure that out. Mm. But generally, I just change the environment for myself. Domino number four, reset your environment. Yeah. Oh, you? really? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Very yeah, good. Dude. Very good. We're going to take a quick break. Here's the Adhan prayer for Asar, but we'll be right back with a final extra segment. 
This is the Halftime Show with Omar Maduri. Oh, he loves to fire that. What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! It's time! It sure is that time, and if you're wondering, what is he doing, doing an extra segment? This has never happened officially on the Halftime Show. Well, now he's set the bar high. Now every guest that comes on is oh my, he got four segments. Why don't I get a four segment? <laughs> <laughs> um, Mikey, it's been fantastic having you here, man. Um, what a privilege to have you here. Listening to your story. You know, people also who are uh, listening on Instagram, they're saying amazing episode. Uh, Tintin said amazing episode, guys. Um, you know, uh, Benoit said, I want to come as well and meet the team. So now, you know, you've got people starting as well, which I'm going to yeah, get you cool, and Benoit actually, yeah. to come and meet the team. Actually, Benoit met the team uh, I took them to him for the breath work and ice bath, and what an experience, man! Oh, so he wants to do it twice. See, so see, what I, I, I have to do it my first time first. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking about all the amazing things you're doing, um, where can the listeners uh, follow you? So I only have one social media channel, and that mm-hmm. is Dive with Mikey. Okay. Um, I try to just keep everything on one platform. So nice. You'll probably see that there are a lot of different variations of myself on there as well. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And and anything coming up? I mean, you mentioned you do coaching, you you meet people, you go and do talks. Is there anything coming up, or, or more of that coming up in the, in the near future? Um, at the moment. Um, no, because what I'm trying to work towards. So this week, I actually just started back in the gym. Okay. Um, okay. I've been going for a couple of be- weeks, but without training. Yeah. Just lifting up one kilo weights, just okay. so I can start counting right. to get my brain working. Right. Because what I'm trying to work myself towards is running. Okay. Because running is such a great community in the UAE. Yeah. In fact, I've met most of my really, really good friends through running here. Okay. Um, and I just think. One thing I'd actually quickly like to say is I think mm. we're blessed with, for the amount of running tracks and cycle tracks here. Oh, yeah. Because running and cycling is such a grand community. Yeah. And um, for people or the international people who are coming here, mm. sometimes they can feel a little bit lonely here. But things like that are really helping to bring us together. Yeah. And if I mean, if you want to come running with me, I'm going to start running on Jumeirah Beach Track. Okay. Um, okay. Or even even in Sharjah soon, but mainly uh, near Flag Island. Right, um, gotcha. Because I gotcha. like Flag Island. I love Fly- Flag Island. Yeah. actually, yeah, I have a lot of memories from there. Okay. Um, but just be aware that I might walk the first K. That's all right. And I have to gradually get myself back into that. Awesome. Awesome. Um, well, listen. That could fall out. <laughs> hey, no, no, I'll catch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much, man. What a privilege having you on the show. Um, very very inspiring um, just motivates people to the way you, you you handled situations the way you were calm the way you are with animals as well as people it's a testament to your character and I'm uh, very very privileged to have the first time ever to have five segments on the halftime show is for you man so thank you very much thank you very much I really and I appreciate. hope I hope you enjoyed the show as well as I did I, I did actually I was a little bit nervous uh, because obviously you, your your experience is a lot grander than mine no, so I was really no. excited yeah. uh, because I love to learn yeah. so thank you so much to yourself and to your team and yeah. also to Ben for hooking this up absolutely and, yeah. absolutely we'll, the episode hopefully will be out very very soon we'll share that with everyone as well and uh, that's full time 
on the halftime show. <laughs> That's when the whistle goes off. And uh, coming up next, uh, we've got more shows on the halftime show on Pulse 95 Radio. Stay tuned for more on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m.